eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. The Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan. And he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Uh, Brian, I know you won that Super Bowl of yours with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, here tonight in Dallas on Thursday evening, does it remind you of those, those wonderful days back there in Green Bay as it is freaking freezing here in the Metroplex tonight? This is actually a spring day in Green Bay. We have a, had a tea time, about a 418 tea time that we had to hit when it was about 14 degrees. This is a day you would, you would have called all of us sissies here in Dallas. Yeah, it was, uh, you know what? Um, it's funny cause I try to explain to people in Green Bay about living in heat mm-hmm. and i said imagine the coldest you've ever been in your life and how miserable you were that's what heat does to people in the south and the southeast you know or you know or the southwest i go mm-hmm. just imagine how miserable you are and it's really the same thing and uh but yeah it's it's so funny that when it when the temperature gets to like single digits it does take me back to those days living in uh, living in Green Bay. The five years I did, yeah. People uh, like you, like you told us the story when you lived there. Like when when stadium people come up, plow your driveway so you could uh, clear out of there and and head out. Uh, but it is uh, it is freezing just in time for Christmas. Uh, really cold, and and we've got a a Cowboys Eagles matchup on Christmas Eve. 
Uh, you and I will both be at the stadium for the majority of the day on Christmas Eve. We're going to end up uh, opening presents in the Belt household on Christmas morning because uh, I'm going to be gone all day. A 6 a.m. call time, Brian, at the stadium on Christmas Eve. Uh, but let's get into this Eagles matchup. The big news out of Philadelphia this week, no Jalen Hurts. Uh, Nick Sirianni pretty much announced Gardner Minshew as the starter today. Uh, this is actually the third consecutive game where we will not get a matchup between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts as uh, Hurts missed the finale last year. It was Gardner Minshew starting that game. Uh, and then the earlier game in October, obviously, that was Cooper Rush. Uh, but Brian, let's first, before we dive into the Eagles specifically, uh, your thoughts on Gardner Minshew and, and what kind of a drop-off this is for the Eagles. Well, the Eagles have done a smart thing is to me, Gardner Mitchell is very capable as a backup. He's very capable of giving you um, emergency starts. We'll see how many emergency starts that he gets. Uh, there's some talk about that. Maybe Jalen hurts is uh, more injured than what the Eagles are even leaning on to. Maybe some uh, AC joint problems, uh, some whispers around the league are talking about. Uh, missing likely the Dallas game. No, not likely. Missing the Dallas game. I think maybe even the New Orleans game might be in a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, in the, uh, the cards there. We'll, we'll see how it all kind of plays out for him there. But, um, yeah, with Gardner Minshew, this guy is very capable. And he is an accurate passer. Uh, if you look to touchdown interception ratio, he's really, really good at that. Uh, you know, all you go back and watch him play when he was at Washington State for, you know, with uh, with Mike Leach and the way he threw the football, uh, the way he had success, their game plan will be different. It will look different. Uh, they will likely more of a traditional offense when it comes to running the football. You probably won't see the quarterback power running game, uh, that extra runner uh, when the quarterback's involved. Uh, Ian Book is the backup. So, you know, you probably don't want to get all the way down, even though Ian Book has played uh, played for the Saints. But, yeah, I, I kind of feel like that uh, you're going to see more of a traditional offense. And traditional from the sense of running backs, running backs, wide receiver, tight end, screens, kind of the stuff that, you know, you won't see so much the uh, – I don't know if you'll see the read option stuff as much. Uh, I know you're not going to see the quarterback running the football that much. So, yeah, it'll be – it'll look different. Uh, the thing that's about the Eagles when you watch them on tape now is usually this time of year they're banged up on the offensive line. They're not. They're they're completely healthy. Their wide receivers are all available. Dallas Goddard is coming back. We'll see how much that they really get him involved uh, in the game plan, but when the Cowboys played last time, it was big. It was a heavy screen team with Dallas Goddard. Uh, the ball going down the field with Brown and also with Smith. I mean, that's Smith. You talk about routes; these vertical, long routes, crossing routes, huge play routes that they run. So we'll see if they far if they could get the ball down the field with Minshew throwing the football. But everything should be underneath, slants, outs, things like that. Uh, it'll look like a, a normal kind of offense with a really good line, a really good set of running backs, and an outstanding set of uh, wide receivers and a tight end. We had uh, Ross Tucker, 
the former NFL offensive lineman, now uh, NFL analyst on uh, Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan on Thursday morning. Um, and we asked him the question, you know, what is this Eagles big biggest weakness? Like if you're going to attack this team in the playoffs, uh, how would you do it? Or, or, or how, uh, you know, what do you got to bank on for some success? And, and it took him a while. He did say that he didn't think there really was a glaring weakness on, on this Eagles football team. But, but his recommendation was, okay, bring an extra safety down in the box, play press man, and hope that Jalen Hurts has a bad day, which he said he really hasn't had many bad days. Um, would you think that that's the approach to use this week against Philly uh, with Minshew in there as well? It's just, hey, press the receivers, take away the run, and attack Gardner Minshew. Yeah, it's uh... – Probably the best way to do it was I kind of feel like the Cowboys and the Eagles are kind of in the same boat in this game when it comes to their offense. And I feel like that it's going to be more about trying to establish some type of run. And I'm not trying to be crusty. Oh, you have to run the ball guy, you know, or balance and all that. I'm just saying the thing that I feel like with the, when you're playing defense against the Eagles, especially with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, is he is going to give the ball to these running backs, you know. And when you're when you're playing against Hurts, when you're playing against Hurts, it's we saw what he did to Micah Parsons, you know how they yeah. froze how they froze the Cowboys' defense, you know. And so I don't know if Minshew can do that. So I think you're going to see a little bit more, yeah, bringing safeties down. This game is going to be about tackling. It's going to be about it, – I think it's going to be, Bobby, too, about trying to win at the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, win at the line of scrimmage when, um, you know, they've got some guys that are really good athletes, maybe not the strongest guys. Lane Johnson, not the strongest guy, really good foot athlete. Uh, uh, Kelsey, you know, uh, yeah. when you wa watch him play. Uh, when people when they put somebody on his nose and you don't let him pull and you don't let him second level and you know you, you just bang on him bang on him bang on him you know how well the Cowboys play inside at defensive tackle will go a long way to how their game plan can formulate they they need Osa to play well you know they 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 need Bohanna and Gallimore. And those guys, Watkins, they need to to control that middle the best they can, because you know the the, the running game it's going to probably start on the perimeter. But if you get guys up the field, and when you get guys up the field, that disrupts what the I think the Eagles are going to want to do. That's pull offensive linemen, you know, yeah. upfield penetration. All of a sudden, blockers get picked off, and now. These backs are running with the ball uh, without blockers or naked on the edge. And now you have guys crashing and attacking and getting them, you know, for uh, behind the uh, behind the line or no gains. So, you know, the one thing Jacksonville was able to do was they got blockers in space. You know, penetration will keep blockers from getting into space. So um, however you do that, I, I just feel like that we're going to see a lot of movement, the counters the waggles, the things like that, uh, some of the very similar stuff that we saw against the Texans and the stuff that we saw against Jacksonville.
I, I'm guessing your endorsement would be let's make sure Trayvon Diggs travels with AJ Brown. Um, because especially I, I would think a a more shifty receiver like Devontae Smith, that's not necessarily the the more ideal matchup. I would think that the bigger bodied AJ Brown would be a guy that you'd like to see uh digs on. Would that be your approach this week is, and I know we've talked about this a little bit on the last episode during this week, is the idea of Deron Bland plays outside. You bring up um, Mackenzie Alexander to play the slot. So would that be your approach? Alexander in the slot, Deron Bland on the other side, and then just have Diggs travel with A.J. Brown? This is going to sound crazy. How much does Smith going to play in the slot? You know, is Smith going to play outside quite a bit, right? Um, me personally, I kind of feel like that I, if I could get Diggs on Smith and the bigger body Bland on Brown, and I'm okay. gonna, I'm going to double Brown, I'm going to help on that, but I'm going to take Diggs and I'm going to try and take away your second best weapon is what I'm going to do. Now, familiarity, Alabama, know the player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, um, you're right. This and all that might give Diggs some problems. But if you press Diggs and you find a way to get up on and bang Smith, bang Smith, I think that might be the best route to go. Put the bigger body of of, uh, of Bland on on Brown because Brown, I mean, you know, bang on him. He knows how to run with the guy. He's got four interceptions. He knows how to carry. He knows how to find the ball. I think taking, taking away the explosive Smith might be the best path here. And it might be because again, if you, you put digs on Brown, it might not be as, you know, it might not be as fit. Because I think that Diggs can run with and carry and do all those things, but it might be with Smith and then double double Brown with, or you could or you could help Diggs, you know, with some safety alignments and stuff like that. I I, I might do the opposite of, of what you were just talking about. Interesting, because I you know that that's been one of the things that we've obviously worried about has been the shiftiness of guys like that it can be difficult sometimes for Diggs, but. I, I, I see your reasoning there. It makes sense. Now, on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles, there's never been an NFL team that had four players finish with double-digit sacks in a season, Brian. And right now, Hassan Reddick has 12, Javon Hargrave has 10, Josh Sweat has 9.5, and, and Brandon Graham has 8.5. So the Eagles are very close to being a, a historic pass rush uh, are they as good as the numbers say they are, Brian? Is this going to be a real challenge for the Cowboys' offensive line on Sunday? I feel like that you'll be able – I think the Cowboys' offensive line is better, and it's better at right tackle. And please, folks, before you lose your mind, I've <laughs> said this on a bunch of platforms, whether it's DallasCowboys.com or 105.3 The Fan or now here with you guys on this sh- podcast. I – I think Terrence Steele has had a hell of a year. I really do. I think that if he was in pass blocking with Reddick, I think he would have a struggle in this game. Tyron Smith, to me, is a great option over there. 
I am I am so happy that you've got a big body guy that's athletic that will bang on him. I mean, bang on him in the running game and bang on him in pass protection. You know, hit him in the hit him in the throat a couple of times, hit him in the chest, you know, throw him to the ground, do what you have to do. Reddick wants to play with quickness. He wants to get to the edge. He wants to get underneath and try and get to the quarterback. I think that with to me, the way that Tyron Smith can play in the running game and the passing game is a great advantage for you over there. My worries are over on the other side with Sweat dealing with Tyler Smith. Okay, now you have to figure out. The problem is the Eagles are really good inside a defensive tackle. They've got big body guys. They're going to push the pocket. they got guys that are really active when you talk about Cox, you know, and, and what they're able to do. Uh, and Damakon Sue's a, a longtime player, uh, you know, Joseph, longtime player uh, there. They've got some big body guys. You know, Brandon Graham over there. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough night. So I have to think about how do I protect Tyler Smith in this game? Do I, you know, I don't so much have to worry about putting a tight end or chipping over on Tyron Smith's side. I'm making I'm making the right end have to play in this game, whether it's through a chip, a tight end, widen them, uh, whether that's sweat or Graham or whoever they put over on that side. You're uh, before we go transition over to, to some of the news here this week. Uh, let's go ahead and get a, a pick in for this game. Obviously, I think a, a Gardner Minshew. Uh, game as opposed to Jalen Hurts one is much more beneficial for the Cowboys, but this is still a very good Philadelphia team um, that is still looking to clinch the division. And then even next week against the Saints, they'll still probably be playing that game pretty hard because they have the Saints pick and they want it to be a better draft pick. Um, So in this game specifically, though, uh, I'm going to trust the Cowboys get this one done. I'm going to go Dallas 35, Philadelphia 23. I'm going to go the opposite, Bobby. I'm going. I, I still feel like that this is a team, even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I think they're going to still be able to move the ball. I kind of feel like they're still, they're still going to make plays. The problem is you're really compromised. I, I absolutely hope I'm wrong about this. I've been wrong a couple of times this year about this team, and you know I'd like to believe Dallas could win this game. I just feel like you're compromised at corner. You're compromised right now at linebacker. They could still run their offense. You know, can your defense show up? Can your defense get some stops? Is the offense not going to turn over the ball? The one thing the Eagles make you do is turn over the ball. You know, they figure they've got some players that can do that. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Eagles 31, Dallas 24 in this game. Ooh, and there will be panic in the streets of Dallas if they lose this game to Philadelphia, I think. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've, I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. Okay, Brian, uh, Pro Bowlers announced this week, um, which, you know, I think everybody generally has always viewed the All-Pro team as a, a, a higher standard and a more important one, but it's a little bit different now. It's not just fan voted on anymore. It's uh, Fans have a third of the vote, which I don't know how much I love that formula, by the way. I mean, you had a couple guys who were like the leading vote getters at their position, and now they're not even alternates on the team, um, which I think you got to wait a little bit. Like, you got to put some weight on what the fans want to say. It's their game. It's their their outing a little bit. But uh, the Cowboys do get seven players named as Pro Bowlers. Uh, let's run through them really quick, just some of our thoughts on, you know, their seasons and, and how we think they've played. Um, before we jump into the guys that did get named, do you think anybody was missed from the Cowboys? No, I think they got them right. I mean, uh, you know, 
the number of sacks that Armstrong had, uh, but you know, it's kind of been up and down for him a little bit. I, I think the number's really, really good. But overall, I, I think they've got this thing. Uh, the tight end, mm, we'll see. It's been a solid group, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Group. I, 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 I kind of feel like they got it right, Bob. My, my one, my one, honestly, and and I know uh, you, you were talking last segment how, how you, you do think they've improved there, but my one, honestly, is I would have said, I don't know that there were a ton of right tackles that were as dominant in the run game as Terrence Steele was this year. And and then being a, a passable pass blocker, I feel like, finds yeah. to being a pretty good player. And it's not like there's just a large section of really good right tackles in the NFL. Um, like, you know, there are typically more left tackles that are really good at the I, position. So the one guy I could have seen having a case that didn't get in to me would have been Terrence Steele, but otherwise, I, I think they they nailed these names here. Um, let's start off with the offensive side of the ball, uh, and and let, let, I want to lead off with this guy because there was so much talk about what he could step in and be this year, and that's CD Lamb. Uh, your thoughts, Brian, on CD Lamb's season? Yeah, CD Lamb uh, last week looked like CD Lamb from Oklahoma that I saw a few years ago last yeah. year, he was an alternate this year. He made the team. Uh, congratulations to him. You could tell that he's playing with a different tempo. You can see he's playing with a different temperament. Uh, you're seeing the plays that he's able to make, you know, it's unfortunate that we've had some of the DAC interceptions have been, Oh, was that CD's fault? Was that a bad throw? There's all those questions, but you see a player, that honestly in these games now is a difference maker and you throw him the football and good things happen. So really, really happy for him that, uh, you know, I think the projections came out, um, would he be like 95 receptions or something like that? I, I think that would be awesome for him to, to obtain a number, maybe even go higher than that. But uh, he, he is, he has worked himself into the point where you kind of know like, okay, well, they gave up on Amari Cooper uh, for this guy, and this guy's stepping up for you. Yeah, his projections, uh, when averaged out to 17 regular season games, his averages total up to 98 receptions, 1,320 yards, and seven touchdowns, which is a great performance. But if you want to take it even further than that, Brian, uh, you can take since the Detroit game, which is when Dak Prescott returned, and they were able to play with each other. If you take just what he's done since Dak came back from the broken thumb, that 17-game average sets out to 102 receptions, 1,441 yeah. yards, and eight touchdowns, which is true number one status. And I think you've really seen him level up since Dak got back. It's really exciting to think what they can be together next year with an entire season. Uh, so C.D. Lamb, I, I think, really great. Another name on the offense that everybody's really excited about, Tony Pollard. He gets in there. Were you surprised? I, I think Pollard definitely has a case for it with his yards from scrimmage. He's, I think, tied for fourth in the NFL in touchdowns. Uh, but but were you surprised Pollard got the nod as basically a a part time player? He wasted. Uh, he wasted this guy. I he, remember I told you this, Jerry got mad at me for asking the question about. Uh, do you feel like you kind of wasted Tony Pollard here yeah. since he's been with the Cowboys? And Jerry wasn't too happy with me on that question. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, it's one of those things where we were all kind of talking about it and, you know, we were all right that like, just keep playing him. He's more explosive. 
The eye test tells you this. He more than proved his toughness. I think that what it's done, it's actually helped Ezekiel Elliott as well. You know, when you look at the overall big picture, you know, those two combined, whether one had 17 carries, the other had 15 or vice versa, I think they really helped each other this year. And, you know, Tony Pollard, the fact he's 31 yards away from 1,000, you know, I just hope that he, you know, whether uh, he's here, you know, finish this thing out, uh, he's such an explosive weapon or he goes somewhere else, you know, you got to make sure that uh, the one, well, I would say this, the one thing that was proven was that he can more than handle the load when it was given to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's been really impressive this year. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, between him and Ezekiel Elliott this year, they've scored 22 touchdowns. So you're getting some great production out of those running backs. But definitely, I think that uh, Pollard has been the more explosive back. He's uh, The eye test will show you that. Yeah, yeah, first career, we're talking about a guy who through four seasons now is averaging five yards a carry for his career. He's He's been and tremendous. Let me tell you, he's had a couple of games where he was really non-existent. I remember the Commanders game where he had like, what was it? five carries for like eight yards or some yeah. ridiculous thing like that. So he's had a couple of games where he hasn't been the absolute best Tony Park, but when Zeke was out, he was the absolute best. He really, really was. The third offensive player, final offensive player who made it for the Cowboys, Zach Martin. I think we all felt like earlier this season, it was, it wasn't a bad year. It just wasn't your, your hall of fame, Zach Martin type of season. I think he's, He's played better as we've gotten into the second half of the season, but still probably not quite up to his normal standard. But his normal standard is so high that even playing below it, I think, is has been Pro Bowl caliber. Um, but but I think Zach Martin's been really good this year. Zach Martin, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, the word that you try and find for the Cowboys offense is consistent. And you're like thinking they need to be more consistent. Don't worry about that right guard. He's very consistent down in, down out. Uh he knows how to hold, trip, and clip. Uh, you know, the the great ones, the Hall of Famers know how to do all that. And he's super smart. He's super tough. And with him and Tyron Smith on that right side, it's a really, really good combination. And what you also have is if the ball goes away from them, then you're looking at scoop blocks and backside reaches and stuff where all of a sudden these two guys are pounding that down line and getting him moved getting him in the lap of a linebacker, cutting off the backside. And now you have those cuts, you know, ball starts left. And now you have the violent cut coming back to the right uh, man, having Martin and Smith over there, uh, you know, man in that uh, I, I think is a, uh, is a great thing for the Cowboys, uh, you know, as we get to, towards the end of the season and into the playoffs. Defensive side of the ball. There were also three guys named to the pro bowl on that side. The obvious one, I think uh, right out of the gate, Micah Parsons, um, who has 13 sacks this season again this year has been the season-long betting favorite for defensive player of the year he's recently been overtaken by Nick Bosa after he's he's slowed down his production a little bit um he's been great this year uh and I think that you know some of the recent fatigue and and some of the things we're seeing is maybe causing people to forget just how great he's been for them this season um but but Micah Parsons absolutely deserving of a Pro Bowl nod might seem it more off-ball linebacker this week in this game. You know, if yeah, you, you're going to need if, him, probably. You're going to need him. You're going to need him until late Vanders. And again, with the short week, uh, you know, they're they've got to figure some things out. Uh, you know, not only for the Philadelphia game, but the following Thursday against Tennessee. Yeah, but he's been very, very good this year. 
Um, a guy that I think, you know, uh, you, you, most people should say they're, they're really happy with his season. Uh, even though, you know, the, the sacks have kind of come in bunches. I, I think he's been your, your best defensive player, probably your best player period on this football team all year. Uh, the other defensive player or, or, or defensive end, uh, edge rusher that was added to the roster, uh, given a Pro Bowl nod is Demarcus Lawrence, uh, who made his. Let's double check here. When was the last time he made a Pro Bowl? This is his first Pro Bowl appearance since 2018. Um, so a a big honor for him. Has has not um put up you know gaudy sack statistics, but he is uh up to six this season. Um, I, I was kind of surprised just because it's such a heavy defensive end grouping there in the NFC. Um, but DeMarc Lawrence certainly had a, a, I think a resurgence this year, um, and, and continues to be one of the really steady hands for the Cowboys on defense. Okay. Let's break down the vote. The vote is what? Two thirds coaches and players. Yes. Right. And a third, uh, and a third. And a third. Coaches and players are the ones that swung this vote. Yeah. And, and, the, and the fans, the fans that are Cowboy fans around the world are going to vote for him. But this is a coaches and players vote. I, I do. I, I, you watch tape. He's one of the most complete defensive ends we have in the game when it comes to playing the run, playing with effort, playing to finish, sacking, pressure, all those things. Demarcus Lawrence has done a, a, an outstanding job, and and coaches and play and players recognize that. They study the tape. They see the player. They know how who they have to prep for. You know, he wasn't. You know, the numbers don't say oh great against Jacksonville. And I know there were people that was that were tweeting at me, and you know, I was like, listen, this guy's a complete defensive end. I don't care what you say about him. You can rip him all you want. He goes, oh, I hope he shows up for his show and all that. Well, you know. Hey, you, you watch the games and you sit down and you have the opportunity to watch the All-22. He does a lot of things. And the, the old saying is he does a lot of things that then show up in the box score. And that's I think that's how he got on because the coaches and players know of all those things that you have to have to be a really good defensive end. Yeah, and Pro Football Focus uh, credits him this year actually with 37 stops. Uh, which leads the team. It's even more than Micah Parsons has. So uh, he's been a complete all-around player. The third defensive player that the Cowboys get added to the roster this year, the the Pro Bowl roster, back-to-back Pro Bowl appearances for Trayvon Diggs, who the interception numbers are obviously down this year. He's got just three um, with with 13 pass deflections. But uh, even though he's only got three interceptions this year compared to 11 last year, uh, I think he's been a more consistent, better player in coverage this year. To me, he is a true, not shut down. I don't know that a shut down corner really exists in this era, but how we talk about number one receivers, he's a true number one corner to me. Yeah, this is uh, this is his, as you mentioned, his uh, second Pro Bowl, right, is what yep. we're looking at. And how many years has he been in the league now? Is this his Three. third? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I circle back about Micah Parsons and say something real quick? Yeah. I learned this today and I did not know this was, I didn't know this was a factor, any truth because of the CBA. The fact that Micah Parsons made the pro bowl in his first two seasons in the league under his rookie contract, his fifth year is automatically like a franchise tag. So whatever, whatever the amount of the, of a linebacker is in the fifth year of his, uh, for his, um, 
his contract when they get pick up the fifth year option is that will be uh, that like the franchise tag number for that position. Now the question is going to be, is he going to be a defensive end or is he going to be a linebacker? So I think the difference between the two is like $3 million right now. I think it's yeah. 17 and 20. I didn't know that by making it the first two years of his rookie under his rookie deal, his fifth year option automatically is franchise tag number money. So good for him. Yeah. Significant. When they get to the point in time, that's what the Cowboys are going to have to be. You know, they're going to be counting every penny to try and make sure they get his deal done. But to Diggs is, uh, uh, you know, two times in three years. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's, I'm not going to say this. I mean, I say it, but they need more. They're going to need him to come up with, I mean, he makes, he's capable of so many big plays, but they're going to need him. They're going to need him to get his hands on some balls and, you know, these next three games and into the playoffs, you know, he's going to draw some tough assignments, but they're going to need him to, to really, uh, to, to take that game to even a, even a higher level, you know, like I say, knocking down the passes or getting the opportunity to intercept balls like he like, he, like he's capable of, like we've seen, uh, because they're going to need, uh, you know, teams are not going to throw the ball at him, uh, you know, very much. But when they do get the chance, that yeah, he needs to find a way to make them pay. So uh, it sounds like you're a little bit more tepid on, on Diggs uh that that than I am you do, so you don't think he do you think he's had a a a worse season than he did last year I think there's some things about him in the running game that you absolutely don't want to deal with I think there's times I think he's got better I think there was a time when they played poor perimeter run defense and he was part of that yes I do okay. I mean to me and I, I I I know not every cornerback is Deion Sanders but to me, you know, when you start to talk about Pro Bowl players, that's why Tank Lawrence got on because he's a complete player. You know, yeah. that's where he digs. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be, uh, you know, uh, the most, I don't, Antoine Winfield, you know, come flying up and making tackles. I, I'm not saying you have to, but you have to not be a liability. He's gotten better, but man, if he would, if he were to play with a little bit more aggressiveness and coming up, you know, I think people would be even more impressed with him, and that would be that solidify that position because I think you have to be, you know, these these Pro Bowlers. I want complete guys, and that's something that times he he's lacked, but he's gotten better at it here the last couple of weeks. Final Pro Bowler for the Cowboys. It is the special teamer Cavante Turpin, who I honestly think has not been great in the last really I, I don't know five weeks or so. He's he's not been the same. Uh, guy in terms of the explosiveness. I'm not always seen. Okay, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, has the has the USFL season finally caught up with him? I think that's very possible. The guy's basically played a year straight of football. It's yeah. a lot. Um, but even still, he ranks top seven in the uh, average yards per kick return and average yards per punt return. He's the only guy in the NFC who is in the top seven. So e easy to hand it over to him. He's had a really good season. He has helped them with field position a ton. Uh, it's just been really the last couple of weeks where he's kind of cooled and, yeah, maybe just looks a little fatigued. Well, some, 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 some of the decision-making has not been very good either. I mean, no, I think, I, 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 I think he feels the, the pressure. I one think he feels I, the pressure to make a big, big think, return. One of the things I think we see pretty well from the press box a lot of times is, where, you know, we don't always have the answers on offense and defense, but from the press box, I think we get a pretty good view of, 
being able to see where you should go with the in the return game. And there have been a few times where it's like, well, okay, why'd he go there? It looked like it was laid out pretty easily in front of him to go here. And, and so there have been some questions there, but definitely valuable for this football team. No, no question about it. I mean, and uh, the Eagles, if you watch them play, they're a little susceptible to returns. Mm-hmm. This He might be the difference maker in this game. You're this, listening- by the way, by the way, real quick, Bob, this yeah. is a game. This is a game too, where I guarantee you, Bones Fossil is going to fake something. Woo! I, Let's go! I, I guarantee you're going to get some kind of trickeration from Bones Fossil. These, these games like this, they, they these coaches thrive to be in games like this and and be a difference maker, steal a possession, whatever you want to do. So, uh, oh, and one more thing about Turpin. If they actually played the game, if they, you know, now we're in that mode where we don't play the game, the the Pro Bowl game, we kind of play tug of war and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. We we had a discussion on on uh, this morning on Cowboys uh, break that would Turpin win the MVP award because nobody tackles. So all of a sudden you're punting the ball to Turpin. How many touchdowns would Turpin have as a returner if nobody's willing to tackle on the on the punt return? Or the uh, kick, or the kick return. So yeah. I'm saying he, he might be he might be the MVP because nobody yeah. nobody would tackle him. He, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's like you know you're playing uh, flag football at the yeah. bubble, and he'd be yeah. running, 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 and nobody would tackle him. He would. He, he very easily could because he's he's tough. He, yeah. He's tough, man. Tough to bring down. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Love the Star podcast, the Love the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is the listener mailbag. Before we get into that, though, one more time, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, Boomer Jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. You're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else. Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else, Boomer Jacks is the spot. And there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. 
All right, Brian, uh, let's move on now to our favorite segment of the week. It is the uh, Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, your birthday brethren, Dean Julia, by the way. Uh, first question here uh, from at Real Sizzle SK. Uh, if the Cowboys would have won last week and the division is really on the line, do you think Hertz would try to play even with his injury? I no. think that's really tough. No. I think this, I think this is one where he's no. not going to be able to no. go. No, and they they act like that Hertz is is a Wolverine, you know, these regenerating body parts and stuff like that. And they're talking about his toughness and all. No, this talking to guys around the league and talking to some information guys around the league, they really do believe this injury is more serious than what the Eagles are leading on. And I, I was hearing like uh, AC joint issues and, you know, and he, you know, after the game, he did not, you know, he was getting interviewed. He didn't look comfortable. He looked like he was in some pain and they, you know, once the Vegas kind of figured out point and a half, three points, four points, five points, Vegas figured out that there was about to be some news coming down the pike that Hertz was not going to play. I don't think he guts it up for this game. I think it's more serious than, than what the the Eagles are leading on to. Next question here uh, from Jay Rinfret, uh, and and you'll I'll, I'll need to maybe repeat these for you, Brian. Uh, but he wants us to rank these in order of team strengths. Okay, so we have talent, coaching, mental preparation, and toughness. Talent number mm-hmm. one. Okay. Yep. Coaching number two, mental mm-hmm. preparation number three, toughness four. So in the order that he placed them for you. Yeah, yeah, I think he got them right. I think I, that's. I, I think that's close. I might flip. You might flip toughness and right. mental preparation. Is that? Yeah, that one? yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's the one that I might flip because there are some times where it seems to take him a while to get into the flow of games where it's like. These coaches have done a good job. I can't – I'm not going to kill these coaches. You know, you won four games with a backup quarterback. Come on, man. Really? You know, No, that's, I, that's fair. I, I just – I do – and, I, like, I don't think it's a – I'm. I just think that the if you're, I, I think they have improved their toughness. That was that was severely lacking last year, and I and I think they do play like a more physical, tough football team now. They're they're a beat up team, or you know, like I say, the talent right now they've got talented players. The problem is that all the talented players are really kind of beat up. Yeah, you know that's the problem. But that's that's where we're at. We're week what fifteen, week sixteen in the season. You know, it is what it is. It, this is this is interesting. We've been kicking this around. We'll get back to the the other questions. This is my submission to the Dean Julia Love the Star Mailbag. Um, we were kicking around this around on the morning show this week. Which coach do you think deserves more scrutiny right now, Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn, really? Because I feel like Dan Quinn tr- has tried to cover over things with acquisitions. Went they go and get Jonathan Hankins. They lose him. He tried to move Micah Parsons linebacker. They couldn't generate a pass rush. He goes, okay, I can't really do that. I got to move him back here. I think he's trying to make lemonade out of lemons. Um, whereas it feels like there's times where the offense struggles where it's like, there's not really an excuse for that. And, and so I, just for me, I would have it a little more at Kellen Moore, but you say Quinn. Well, I say Quinn because to me, he's got to figure out this pass rush. You know, he's got to, I mean, where it's the last couple of weeks are, you know, 
to me, it's just, I didn't want to ride the fence. I really didn't want to ride the fence. And I, I know that Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore probably wanted to call a safer play on third and 10 the other day. And maybe Mike McCarthy told him, go for it. You know, the no yeah. moss, Mike McCarthy speaks of no moss, go for the, <laughs> go for it. And yeah. so I think with Quinn and listen, Kellen Moore, there's, he's called plays where, you know, we talk about Dak and the interceptions and stuff. He calls a play and where he runs a drag where the play should have been completed. You know, it should have been a completion to Noah Brown. They runs a play early in the game where what does Dak do? He throws the ball down the sidelines to uh, to uh, Pollard where he's got Noah Brown dragging underneath for a first down. I think there's things that Kellen Moore's trying to do to help his team win these games. And but with with Dan, you know, it just seems like maybe maybe the talent of the defense really isn't what it is. I mean, he's he's trying. He's trying to I, – I, I get it. You're, you're minus – you know, you're minus your corner. You're minus a linebacker. Oh, oh J. Ron, J. Ron Curse this week sort of directly said, we are not as good as we think we well, are. Well, but but also this is where I'm at right now with that whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. This is where I'm at right now. You know, Dan Quinn deserved you know, the scrutiny of trying to get the pass rush. But you know who this is on now? This is on Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy and Joe Philbin and – Linda Wells and and as you know, Doug Nassmeyer, yeah. This is on all these offensive coaches. Your defense has got you to this point. Your defense has got you to this point. Now here I am. I'm I'm, I'm kind of going against my argument here, but no, I the, see what you're saying. <laughs> but the defense has got you into the playoffs. They are beat up, banged up. They can't give you any more. You know the old Star Trek episodes when Captain Kirk asked Scotty. I need more power. And, it, you know, Scotty would say, I've given her all she's got, Captain. You know, that's it. That's all you got. You know, you can't. Offensive line, running backs, the receivers. I'm talking about you, Michael Gallup. You know, I'm talking about you tight ends. I'm talking about the, you know, I'm talking. Kellen Moore, all these coaches. It's on you now. This defense has, they've done all they could. They saved your ass when things weren't great. You know, now I, I needed somebody on the offensive side of the ball, like Zach Martin, to stand up and like Kirsten said, we're not playing to our standards right now. We're not playing. But I needed him to say, I needed one of these guys to stand up and say, our defense has done a great job this year. They they are, we're really banged up. That's not an excuse, but we're banged up. Dan and those guys have done a great job. But we now have to take this thing over. We have to find a way to outscore opponents. We have to find a way not to turn over the ball. We have to find a way not to get penalties. We have to finish plays, and we have to finish games. You know, they proved they could finish the game against the Texans the other day, you know, but it took the final drive. This offense needs to now take the the torch from Dan Quinn and try and finish this thing out on a positive note until they get some of these players back or they develop some of these corners that they're going to take a look at the next three weeks. Last question here in the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Brian, it comes from Nathan. Uh, and his question is pretty simple. How can you get Dak Prescott to stop throwing interceptions? And look, I know I'm the I am the resident Dak Prescott 
uh, defender. Uh, but I feel like I'm only the the resident da- Prescott defender because I feel like I'm I'm uh, defending him from some unrealistic standards at times. Uh, we've seen several. Uh, does Dak contribute to his own interceptions? A lot of times, absolutely. But we've also seen several times where there's been a wrong route run by a receiver or a ball bounces off of Noah Brown's chest or or gets hit in the air and then somebody's picking it off. PFF this week said that they've graded six of his 11 interceptions as passes that were not on the quarterback, that were not interceptions on the quarterback. So to me, I told you guys on the pregame show this week, you guys said, you know, how do we limit the or You know, what do we do about the interceptions? I was like, I, I don't think you're going to see a ton of bad decisions today. I think that's cleaned up, but I can't rule out something bouncing off somebody's chest, and ultimately that's what happened. I think that's bad luck that eventually that's going to regress to the mean and you're not going to have so many of those. That that generally flattens out over time, and I don't think you're going to see a ton of that over the follow, you know, over the next several weeks. But anything he's got, that. He's got to figure out when to when to unload the ball and live to fight for another day. You know, not not every play is the 51 yard pass to Noah Brown in the, in the Texans game, you know, break the pocket running, you know, not every play is the pass to Pollard down the sidelines. When you have somebody open underneath, you know, not, not every play is you run the waggle to the right on the goal line and you have Schultz, a middle receiver, and you throw the ball to the hardest guy. You throw the ball. He threw the ball to Noah Brown. Noah Brown's first touchdown. He that option that he took was the hardest of the three options to throw the ball back inside to Noah Brown after he's blocking and then releases. You know, yeah. You have to figure out when the best time to say we got to go now, and I've got to live to fight for another day. And I don't know if he'll ever figure that one out. Tell me the last time that Dak Prescott just threw a ball away. You can't. Um, you can't. Yeah, Bobby. I can't recall. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I, it was probably last year when he didn't trust his legs. I think Tony, he feels- Tony um, Romo. Tony Romo had the same issue. Remember in the in the in the in the like two thousand eight nine whatever that. Oh, that, oh the, the, it's the famous remember, hard knocks as a rookie yeah, when Parcells yeah. telling him throw it away. Yeah, he's like live to see another day. Throw yeah. the ball away. Yeah, get it yeah. away. I don't. I don't care about anything else. Don't take a sack. Don't make him pro- throw the ball away. Yeah, and so that was. Yeah, that was definitely his problem. See, that's that's what I think we're living right now. I think Dak realizes he's like he feels like he doesn't want to die on a play. He doesn't want to die, and I mean die of you know. Of like, yeah, no, we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I I don't know if it will change until you start seeing him throw the ball away, then. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's going to change. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star. We hope all of you have a uh, a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever it is. Uh, hope you guys have a, a a safe, healthy, happy holiday season, and uh, hopefully can get a Cowboys win on Saturday. Uh, until next week, we will talk to you guys later. <laughs>